1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
0: Working Class Bowhunter Podcast starts in three, two, one.
2: Episode number 68 of the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast, brought to you by The Bone Shed, right there in Ottawa, Illinois. That's right, a partnership only connected via Highway 80, or Interstate 80, I should say, from 4200 MBL Drive, that's where The Bone Shed is, all the way to 1600 Buckslayer Place, where this podcast. In Sherrard, Illinois. In Sherrard, Illinois. See, that sounded way better in my head, and then I messed it up.
1: Yeah, you got the point across. Yeah, it's
2: it's there. But uh yeah, welcome to uh, the uh episode, guys. Like we said, we're brought to you by the Bone Shed. Go uh check them out on Facebook. Um if you go to uh bonecollector.com, you can go to the online shop. Um
1: It's actually the Bone I, Collector and Hardcore headquarters.
2: It is. It's a very cool place. A lot of people
1: don't know that. it's it's kinda it's weird where it's at, but you go in there and it's like
2: yeah, you, you no, know, you look. It's it's in an industrial park, and you know you, there kind of. There's few places that I think that you go to, and, and kind of like that, that you go there and you're like, you know, oh, it's behind the farm and fleet where you can <laughs> where you can get stuff. But um, yeah, they've got uh, they've got everything that you can uh, you can imagine for your bow. You know, Hoyts Elites. Um, you know, any kind of site you're looking for that you're going to need HHA's, Spot Hogs, uh, the arrow selection. I mean, they probably have
1: they got a good A couple handful. thousand
2: arrows on hand.
1: With uh, that not different varieties. Not but different the, but like they'll have the what amount. you need. Uh, I we can we can promise you that. Um Yeah,
2: fantastic bow up there. Yeah, check
1: um, that place out. Um you can go to our Facebook page and find their Facebook page pretty pretty easy. Um and then we're also brought to you by Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing.
2: Where if you heard the uh, episode we the last episode which was last night, but if you're hearing this, it could be whenever 5 you, minutes ago. Right. Um, Go check him out. If you're in Viola, uh, check out Smith's Custom Meats, Family Run. Scott is an awesome, awesome dude. Uh, you heard it yesterday. If not, check out episode 67 uh, to see what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, and did, did, <laughs> did you want to do Creative Critters? Right yeah. there and in, in, in not so sunny, not as sunny as Sherrard? Well, the cool thing
1: about Creative Critters Taxidermy is that I have a deer there and Steve doesn't. That's one of the best things about Creative Critters Taxidermy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's all I could say, but that's not all I'm going to say. Well, uh, no, Mark Reif over there is an artiste at its finest when it comes to taxidermy. Um, check him out on Facebook, Creative Critters Taxidermy. Um, really, you can look at the pictures and tell is from his fish mounts to his game heads, to his shoulder mounts, um, he definitely knows what the hell he's doing. And, uh, it's just the best quality tax number you can buy. It's basically competition quality for everyone is what you get when you get a mount from him. So
2: it is. And, uh, we're trying to fit all this in. It'd be a lot better if we could have a Badlands pack on, uh, on standby. I just have not ordered a new one yet, but uh, I've been looking. I think I'm in the process of pulling the trigger on a couple. Check out badlandspacks.com, um, Oh there man they they keep rolling out with like new and cool stuff and I'm just like I want that I want that I want that it's- I do
1: th- I have the uh I don't know really I can't remember what it's actually called it's I'm going to call it a cooler version of a fanny pack because it's a backpack but it's yeah. like lower i use that for my 3d shoots that way i don't have all that weight up high pulling on my shoulders when i'm shooting
2: yeah they've got a yeah, really nice um for all you 3d shooters i mean if you if you got a hunting pack and you're <laughs> kind of looking for something else uh badlands has a uh a a hip 3d quiver. Quiver,
1: yeah, hip quiver
2: it is fantastic it's top of the line like it's top notch uh eric had one i think he's buying one yeah they they have it in camo and black and i think he's getting the black it's one.
1: got like magnetic like quick open pockets but it's not like it's strong magnets so you're not going to lose all your gear on the 3d trail but so that's but, that's yeah. what we're brought to you by
2: <laughs> yeah those guys that those guys help um help us uh bring you know they always have some product and knowledge and stuff that we can continue to bring you guys and and that's all we want to do is we want to share it with you um but uh, it feels yeah, we weird in here. You know why? You know why we didn't? We avoided the elephant in the room. We're 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 talking so much to cover up the fact that Eric isn't here.
1: He's not here. Times get tough. He yeah no he um he for you guys that don't know um he's in Eldridge, Iowa. So he's I don't know how far that is from Sherrard. It's the other side. We're in the Quad City area in Iowa, so Illinois.
2: We're like like Sherrod right now is about ten fifteen miles south of the main hub of the Quad Cities, and uh, Eldridge, more, Eldridge yeah. would be about the, yeah, maybe not the same distance, maybe about 8 to 10.
1: North of the Quad north Cities. North of the
2: Quad City. So so Eric makes that trip all the way down here, and, uh, you know, the guy's had, uh, he's, he's had, he's had an interesting couple of weeks. So, yeah, yeah. he's just.
1: So, anyway, he's not here. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, it's a little awkward, I feel oh. like. It's like episode one, two, and three when me and Steve awkwardly stared Ugh. at each other and tried to talk about hunting. Yeah, those are
2: rough. If you want to go back and listen, nope, to some they're fun, no, they're not even up. I think you can listen uh, really? to
1: three. Yeah, I decided that we better just have a couple warm up episodes. Yeah, you know. Um, but hey, we're on episode sixty eight, so
2: we are. And uh, and something that uh, that we try to do each and uh, each and every week and we didn't uh we didn't get around to it we just uh, something got lost in the shuffle but we didn't do our vet shout out of the week and i apologize so um what i'm going to do is uh every time i miss a week someone just remind me and uh i'll throw if i miss a week which i don't want to i'll throw 10 bucks to a veterans charity of Will of you really the do that? Choice. If you yeah. say that you better do it. Yes i will. So if i miss this any veterans charity, I will throw um, – this one, because we missed it, I'll, I'll probably do the Navy SEAL Foundation, um, throw some money towards those guys. Uh, Baker Levitt um, from Cliff, he's mm-hmm. uh he's pretty tight with those guys, and they do some phenomenal stuff. So right. um, I got to do that. Um, but the vet shout-out of the week, and, and keep in mind, we can do active duty, guys, is going to be Racks and Beards. You find this dude on Instagram. He's We've been in contact with him a couple times. This dude's super cool. He's down in Missouri. Just a, the nicest guy. Um so if he I'm I'm sure he's listening here. Uh do we do we ever get his real name?
1: Yeah, it's on there, but
2: It's on there. Go find him on uh go find him on Instagram, Rax and Beards. Go show that dude some love. Um you know.
1: Yeah, he's he's a long-time listener.
2: Yes, he, he he's I think he's been there here almost since day 1, so uh got to give it up to that guy.
1: All right, let's get moving on. So Yeah. Today, we have um, Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most of you are familiar with Whitetail Adrenaline. He's out of Wisconsin. Um, All public land, sponsor-free hunting show. He just puts out his DVDs. It's not on TV anywhere. Um, He actually was on... This is going to be a second time on the show. He was on episode 15 when we first got this rolling. And it, to this day, is one of our most popular episodes. Um, But we're going to get him on the phone here and I'll probably repeat everything I just said so he can yeah. hear it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll get him on the phone here, and we hope you guys enjoy the episode.
2: I'll tell you guys what. Uh, if you want to enjoy the episode more, if you didn't listen there, you don't know who he is, put this episode on pause no, for a couple days. don't listen to it.
1: Listen to it, and then go watch to oh, go? All right, all right.
2: Well, it, either Come way, on. it'll be
1: What the cool. hell are
3: you
2: doing? Hey, man, I'm trying to show the love. All right, so all
1: right. give us one second, and Jared Sheffler will be on. Enjoy.
2: All right, so uh on the line with us uh is a second time call-in guest. We're very excited uh Jared Sheffler uh, from Whitetail Adrenaline. What's going on, buddy?
0: Oh, not a whole lot. How about you guys? Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, no problem. The pleasure's all ours. We uh, get to sit here and talk to you while uh while having a couple bush lattes, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My fridge is dry from that brand right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> life's uh, life's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we we the last time we spoke to you was about a year ago and you had uh, your DVD was just getting ready to come out um the the new one uh
0: Can Kurt you- how do you say that New Year is struggling oh, oh, Brazen Brazen resilience
2: No oh, this one must be in French or something I can't read that <laughs> I was
1: watching Steve's got the DVD in his hand I was little, <laughs> I was like oh this is going to be good let's see
0: Oh, I th- you guys, guys had enough. You guys had enough to drink
2: already, or what? No, uh, I'm just <laughs> probably not enough. Oh no, no, man, but... I just can't even read, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, though the, the uh, this I, I've got part one here. Um, yeah, these were just getting ready to come out, and
1: on the la- during the last episode, they're
2: they're in the last episode. So you know they're out now. Um, you know we highly suggest go pick these up. How was it? Uh, how was it filming these ones? Because you had a you had a pretty sweet ride in this uh, this one. It was a bit of an upgrade.
0: Yeah, you're talking about uh, like how was the season as far as braising goes, or yeah. or what?
2: Yeah, how was how was the how the season go?
0: Yeah, it, it was a it was a good year as far as like encounters go. But uh, you know, it seemed like for years, every season we just we laid down a little bit more footage and a little bit more footage, and it seemed like they're getting better and better and then we hit the reckoning one season and that really went through the roof as far as our action and everything like that and mm-hmm. and uh we had you know a lot of great content utilizing this decoy that we made and and whatnot so we knew going into the the season with Brazen which was 2014 that uh it was going to be really tough to top that um and I don't think necessarily people are always expecting you to to top it but we knew it it would even be difficult to to get really close to that and um in my opinion we didn't we didn't we didn't top it I mean some people did like that video better um but uh it it was close if if I mean I think we had like 18 bucks in bow range and I was the only one that got a shot I mean it seemed like all the I mean it was a great season as far as encounters goes but um, we just struggled to get the shots and the opportunities. It seemed like the Bucks. We had a few of them that came through that didn't stop and just hit the, the you know the spots that we had shots. They got through too fast or or you know just a lot of unfortunate situations. Which right you know how we hunt on the ground like that. We don't you know there's no lanes. We work with what we have when we
3: yeah, you know yeah. are
0: there. And so it isn't always perfect, but it, it just was blowing my mind how many. You know, shooters we had in range that year and just couldn't get shots. I mean, we we started off the season, it started off just gangbusters. Best opening year we've ever had. Uh, Shay and I got a couple of um, velvet deer in uh, Wyoming, and that was the first time we ever hunted that state. And uh, I actually got the biggest one that I'd ever got at that time um, (laughs) on that hunt. At that time, uh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I I stole it from Shay. We got there in the first. We got there in the afternoon of the first day, and like we spotted the buck. I don't know. After a few hours of being there, we spotted him, and it was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like I mean, I, I we weren't expecting that. I mean, we were right. expect, expecting you know one twenty, one thirty caliber with maybe one forty, and you know that that buck was out there. Um, probably around. I, I still haven't scored him, but he's probably around mid one seventies. Um yeah the deer's watch, a giant
1: uh, man. Yeah. I was watching yeah. that and I'm like I can't believe they're getting on these type of deer on public ground. It yeah. it's pretty amazing.
2: I think it's a it's a yeah. that decoy. Uh that was one thing I I noticed like you know that was new this year and I remember just like watching it like you know you look at one side and then the other side's like the face and then there's the GoPro mounted on there. So you get some really really cool shots. I mean, I think the way that, you know, with with only two guys in there you know, how you guys kind of utilize the, the GoPros in the face that I've, uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, that, sure. that's one one thing I'll say about that decoy. I thought that decoy sure. is cool in the GoPro where it's mounted and just uh-huh. what footage it'll pick up. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that mm-hmm. was a super cool idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, um, we had, uh, we had been on the, that decoy thing that that went through some different stages. We first came up with the idea in 2011 And, uh, when we were on this hunt and, uh, unfortunately, while we were on the hunt, we couldn't track anything down. I mean, we literally just tried to find anything like a cardboard cutout, whatever, but where we were at, there was no stores that had anything that was going to work like on the go on the move, like we wanted it to. And so in 2012, I, uh, came up with this, uh, this decoy and, uh, had it made or whatever, and, um, we put a graphic image on it and, uh, we tried it a couple of times, but it, uh, it was unsuccessful. And then I realized when I was editing the footage, like where we were using it in this wide open country, it was getting too much shine on it. Oh, and I, I didn't realize that I didn't realize that until I was cutting the footage, like how much glare we were getting off of that. And so that's when we put, uh, we put some real deer hide on it and, uh, you know, it's not foolproof. Um, we get it to work probably about one out of five attempts, and I think I think we've gotten to the point now where it's probably a little bit closer to one out of three attempts, but we've kind of figured out what we can get away with, the right situations to use it in and everything like that. So
3: right. um,
0: it, it's definitely a cool extra little tool for us to use, but um, it's also really uh, satisfying to stock a, you know, mature deer without it too. So we, we don't, we don't want our videos, you know, all with decoy footage, but it's nice to have a, you know, variety.
1: For sure. Well, the thing about, I really love that DVD. In my opinion, it's probably one of my favorite um, bow hunting DVDs probably ever. I really, I I loved it. And the reason why I do like it is because it motivates you to go out there and try stuff that you normally wouldn't try. Like I'm watching that. I'm like, man, I need to get a decoy like that. You know, if I see a deer bedded out, I'm like, you know, it, it just seems so far away and untouchable with a bow. And for you, especially with like a long bow or a recurve, mm-hmm. it's like, that seems impossible. Well, you guys get down in there and you go after it. And, and w- what's good about your show is you, you show your guys, it's like, okay, you guys are developing a game plan. And then you guys get in there after it and you show, if if it's unsuccessful, you show how it plays out. And I think people yeah. really relate to that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's why you have the following you have, because when you were on our show the first time, we still have listeners that are, that message us and they're like, oh, yeah, I heard from you when you guys had Jared Scheffler on from Whitetail Adrenaline, and I just stuck listening to your show because I liked it. And mm-hmm. so that just there showed how how many people love your guys' yeah, style and what you're doing.
2: It's the dedication. Sure. I mean, you know, for, for me, when I, when I was watching, because um, I, I borrowed these DVDs just to – Refresh on them, and you know you go back and you watch them, and you know I, I watch a ton of hunting shows, but there's only a f- select few, and I think yours is the most. Like it makes you want to be out there. It's raw. And, uh, it's so yeah, sure. it's so raw, and it, it just it makes you want to be out doing your thing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I, I, it's it's I'm excited about hunting a lot, but when I watch. What the the whitetail adrenaline DVD is like? I want to be out there, and it almost makes me not want to tree stand hunt anymore. Like I understand, there's probably it's probably way harder than it looks, but you know just just the fact that I don't know. I I, I think it's more of like that primal thing in us that you know you want to <coughs> stalk. Th- you know, well, the thing is,
1: though, too, if you're only hunting 30 acres, you can't do that on your property every day
0: yeah. either. Right. Yeah, you can't do that every day. Right? <laughs> um, I will say back when I hunted private ground, um, I've been hunting uh, on the ground. The first time I ever remember hunting on the ground was when I was 16, so that was 15 years ago. And uh, but, I, but I hunted with tree stands uh, quite a bit uh, for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2010 was the first year where – you know what we said, you know what, let's scrap the decoy or the the decoy the tree stands, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, let's just do a season all on the ground. you know, I love hunting on the ground, it seems like we get more aggressive like that, and it seems like we we get more results um and even looking back when I hunted some private ground and whatnot, <clears throat> um you know, I'd wait till you know it was more like the rut periods or close to it before I'd get aggressive like that. Um, and our first video that we have, that's the only one that's not in all public. There is some private stuff, some of the stuff that I hunted in the past in there. And, and there was a quite a bit where we were on the ground and, but we had to wait until those time freeze. you know, if we were doing that in early season and before the rut and all that, I mean, we would have bumped those deer right out, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a different game when you're hunting small acreage, private land versus, you know, public like this. Uh, the biggest the biggest factor in my opinion to hunting being successful hunting public ground is most public acreage isn't worth a person's time and i think right. uh you know if if you watch our first all public land season, which I did grow up hunting a lot of public land, so it wasn't like it wasn't like uh I had no experience hunting public land but um but our first season our second season of hunting public, we were a lot more you know passive a lot more like what you read, you know, our approach and our techniques and things was a lot more along the lines of what you read. But it came down to, we knew that if we were going to produce a video that people wanted to pay 15 or 20 bucks for, we had to get the content and we only had one camera. And uh, I didn't want to take footage from outside the company because one, I'd have to go out to wherever the locations were, verify that it was public land. Otherwise, we could get in a bind that way from yeah. the general public. If it ever came out, then it's a reflection on the brand. So we had to, basically, that forced us to, you know, really scratch our heads and and figure out, you know, the best way that we can compile the most amount of footage in a year. And that's what led to, well, it was a couple of hunts in there and, and, and reevaluate and everything that really led to the, the ground hunting that we have today, um, excuse me, but <laughs> when
3: <laughs> what so,
0: got uh, a water burp or something, yeah, yeah, it was a little, uh, that yingling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a beer crack. Yes. Um, first one though. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, the, uh, the thing about it is when you're hunting public land, like I was saying, you know, a lot of acreage isn't worth your time. And, and in the past, when when we approached public land in our early stages, we went in with these high hopes. We looked at aerials and, and, you know, we imagined how things were going to unfold and all this and that. And we did all of that before we ever qualified that piece as even being worth our time. Well, what happened, Mm -hmm. the issue with that is when you go into a place that you're hunting with that type of, you know, fantasy land thinking, like it's all going to unfold like this, you end up spending, you know, a day there, two days there, three days there, maybe go a little bit deeper and all of a sudden you've invested four or five days. Some people invest their entire seasons, you know, hunting one particular piece. We don't go into it necessarily trying to like figure out the piece. We, we go into it more like, um, I guess, uh, trying to figure out where the deer that you saw was. Qualifying it. Yeah. We're going into it more trying to like qualify it, you know? And so, you're hunting deer on the ground like that it's constantly a game of passive aggressive like you got to move quick enough and aggressive enough to cover enough ground to get rid of that acreage that isn't worth your time Mm -hmm. but yet slow enough to to where um you know you're not bumping deer out and so and, and a lot of that just comes with feel you know there's pieces we walk into and we start out walking, literally at a walking pace, until it, you know we're seeing sign, or maybe we bump a couple deer. Okay, let's put the brakes on a little bit, you know. And and it's a lot of it's off a of feel, and there's not a really a good way to. It's kind of like guess it, and check still, in a way. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Um, but you know, the thing about it is, is uh, I don't worry too much if we bump a deer. Um, a lot of public deer are used to being. Bumped at some point or whatever we've had multiple occasions where we have bumped or you know gotten you know bumped deer kind of, but they didn't like completely take off they They just started blowing mm-hmm. um we've had this happen <laughs> with those doe fawns. we've had this happen with younger bucks, and we we put the brakes on and let them sit there and blow at us, and we've had shooters move in on us to come investigate now this is typically late pre rut rut right. but we've determined you know that's just a little technique that we've learned over the last three seasons is you know if they aren't if they're blowing and not leaving like that's not really a threat to to other deer if they're blowing and taking off out of the country it is but i mean we've learned so many different little things that in the past it would have drove me up the wall like this deer won't shut up and now it's like yeah just sit there and blow because everything within 300 yards you know knows that whatever you're blowing at isn't a threat it's probably a skunk or whatever but it's you know, he got this big buck over here at 300 yards. He hears this deer that's blowing, blowing, blowing and not moving. <laughs> maybe it's a doe. I should maybe come over there and check it out, you know? Yeah, that's... And that's what's happened. That's ha- that's happened on multiple occasions. In, in fact, the first time I ever seen it happen was in 2012. And Scott shot a, a buck that uh, it was, I think, around 140. It would have been 150, but it, it broke a couple of times or whatever. But you know, it was probably 10, 15 minutes, and that, that buck moved right in, and they were blowing the whole time. It's not like they blew and then shut up, and, right. and he was coming in to prowl. So, I mean, but you just, yeah. when you're hunting on the ground like that, you just kind of like, you take things, you just kind of interpret on the fly and 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 right. work with it. Um, you know, we, we always, very rarely, if we get a visual on a big one, we almost always treat that visual like, there's no tomorrow let's like let's find a way to cut them off let's find a way to sneak in on them right you know and if we if if we if we bust him doing it, so be it. we're gonna cut our losses and move on to the next one
3: gotcha. kind of thing
0: that's kind of our mentality, and you can do that a little bit more when you have the acres to work with like right. you do with public land so, so when, uh, but you know in the old days when I played the tree stand game, I used to do you know I had ten pounds stands, you know we'd get a visual on a big one. You know, play the passive card. We're going to, okay, we think he's doing this. We're going to move in tomorrow with the tree stands real quiet and mm-hmm. slip in there. And, and about one out of ten times maybe that works. You know, I mean, if whitetails were really as patternable as we want them to be, we'd all have walls full of big ones. You know, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. I mean, we figured out that we can, our odds are a lot better if we just go at them right now and try.
1: So, when so. You, I got a question. Because, you know, your videos, you, you show you guys jumping deer and deer blowing and all that stuff. When you're at, like, any of the shows where you guys have a booth and you're at the Deer Classic, do you ever have anyone come up and kind of give you crap for that? Or does, or do you never get that sort of, like, negative response when it comes to that stuff?
0: No, that's usually done from behind the keyboard, right. you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, keyboard warriors. Yeah. Right. Grandma's, Grandma's basement kind of thing, you know? Or <laughs> mom's basement, maybe. I don't know.
1: It's kind of <laughs> hard to tell you anything, though. When I mean, I don't know how much you can talk about your this last season but the, the season from the dvd we've been talking about you know you sh- shot a monster and, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. it's on the cover of of the dvd which and another thing is different is i really like the cover it's like a uh, a drawing on this year's it it's is a drawing.
0: super yeah. cool did you do that yeah. or did you have
1: someone do it for you
0: well here's the funny funny thing is i i uh, fell off from uh from uh uh t- tennessee um He uh, sent me a message. This was probably about a month and a half before the video came out. And uh, he sent me a message, and uh, the picture, uh, he he attached this picture in there, and I saw the picture before I read his message, and right away I was like, that looks kind of like the buck that I shot. Uh
3: Well, then
0: I read his message, and he's like, like, yeah, I really like your videos, and I saw you shot this buck, and I got uh, rained out at work one day, and I do drawings and stuff, and so I drew this up. And, you awesome. know I'd never talked to this guy before and and so uh you know, I just thought it was super cool, so I got a hold of him and asked him if it would be okay if i you know if we used it on the cover and then i and then i uh i ended up uh he he did one for the gun cover as well, so it kind of had a matching scene yeah
1: so, I love that it's, it's it's awesome
2: you know for for um for a bow like a you know a hunting d v d it's very welcoming i mean you know you look at a lot of the other um dvds that are out there and you know typical i mean you know you want to show the show the product that you're getting that goes with a lot of other dvds that i've bought in the past you know you want to see what's on the cover and you know you'll know you enjoy but you look at like this charcoal drawing it it looks Uh. like either charcoal or pencil and it just, it. I mean, it, it. It looks like it's something different, and it actually is. So uh, the picture works out.
1: Well, the thing about your guys' DVDs, I don't know where Steve's going because he's taking forever to get there. But, <laughs>
2: what, what, I am. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm walking, man. I'm passive aggressively walking. Steve to don't the move point. very
1: fast anyway, no, But, God, uh, no. like, what I like about your guys' DVDs so much is I feel like when I watch it that I'm hanging out with you guys. Like when you and Shay get to like. <laughs> messing around like you're always you always have like snacks and you'll pull out and you're eating like a Snickers bar and he turns around he's like where'd you get that and you're like it shows you eating it while he's like sitting there and then all of a sudden a buck comes in or something crazy happens
2: every time a deer blows they're like yeah you know like Shay was like yeah well we were trying to get on these deer but you know they uh (laughs) they smell they smell Jared (laughs) and he gets (laughs) all the blame (laughs) for all the deer getting run away but
0: I mean I think he killed
2: the biggest one so you know that's kind of saying something
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky. I, I I I I'm on a lucky streak right now.
1: So <laughs> You're also I, the boss though.
0: Yeah, so. I
2: I, man, I don't know the quality of deer that you're putting down and what you're doing. I wouldn't say it's luck so much.
1: Can you how much can you talk about this last season?
0: Um last season uh our we had an incredible bull year. Um that uh I think that it Overall it's it's gonna be probably our best bow video we've ever put out. Um we got a lot of variety. We've got a canoe hunt. Um that's been something that I've wanted to capture for quite a few years. Actually our first video we had some canoe canoe uh footage and that was a public land Wisconsin hunt. We almost got one on that hunt but but uh never did and uh so it's it's been on my list and, and finally we uh a buddy of mine, Sam and I in Minnesota, um and which was a new state for a bow with us. Well, I shouldn't say a new state. It's been a lot of years since I've hunted it with a bow. Um, all new stuff. We took a canoe in. It took us, uh, oh, probably two or three hours to paddle up this, uh, kind of river that, uh, we ended up pulling the canoe most of the way.
3: <laughs>
0: and, uh, we'd never been to this piece of public, totally went into it cold and, and, um, he, uh, about, a, about, what, probably 45 minutes before dark or so, uh, this buck came in and, and he actually, he missed it. Um, and, uh, he thought it was, uh, 30 yards. It turned out to be 40. I didn't realize it was that far either. Mm-hmm. So he shot over it and, uh, we didn't have a lot of time left and, uh, we decided, well, let's, let's follow this valley. We were in a valley, let's follow this valley down a few hundred yards. So we did that and then we cut up the ridge and we worked the ridge. Uh, the, the top third or quarter of the ridge probably, probably about the top quarter of the ridge, um, across. And we were just starting to get to where these cedars were. And a lot of times bucks bed and stuff like this. And there was, you could tell that it was perfect terrain for that.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and he just started to say, man, this looks like the kind of spot a big buck would. And I cut him off and I was like right there, 50 yards down the hill. And this <laughs> buck, uh, real nice eight pointer hadn't didn't know we were there yet and uh and uh so he ended up he got that buck um it was actually he put a heck of a shot on it it was like 50 yards through the woods and the deer knew something or no the deer didn't know anything was up right then but i was trying to call him off the shot i was like i don't think this is going to be possible and he he had a different lane or something and he got him so um but that was a canoe hunt Real cool hunt. Um, Shay got a really nice buck on a on a hunt with a boat where we used a boat. <laughs> um, we got uh, we got a little bit of decoy footage. Um, we've got uh, a lot of different encounters. Shay uh, used a boat on another hunt, and I wasn't there for that hunt. That's the first hunt that I haven't been there for. First kill I've never been there for actually huh. on the videos. Um,
1: took his training wheels so, off, yeah. <laughs> huh?
0: What's that? I said you
1: took his training wheels off, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, he uh, he, um, he wasn't
2: doing any Iowa trunk riding. Uh, there's a, there's footage of you guys were passing public oh, yeah. land, and this dude yeah. is posted on the back. I thought it was like a Mazda Miata or something like that, and this dude just hanging out. And they're driving down, and yeah, he's sitting right on the back with his bow ready. Just what's? Yeah. I think he guys call him professional uh, uh, professional road owners. Road hunter. Yeah, and professional
0: then, road owners. Yeah,
2: and then you guys showed that. Someone put it like a truck cab up on a tree stand so they could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you guys got to check out the DVD. It's it's all in there. It's some of this stuff is just like, you know, you look at it and you look at you guys get to meet some of these dudes. Like some guy had some some rig that he fashioned up so he didn't have to stand up or like fully sit down to shoot mm. Coyote? I don't know, man. You, you guys got to just <laughs> check it out. I, it's too yeah. much to explain. It's, it's you Just go buy it. I want
1: to see if Jared was going to get to his buck from last season. <laughs> oh, you do. I know you don't – I wouldn't tell too much, but I just want to see what you can say. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. No, I got I got really lucky uh, last year. Uh, the reason Shane and I didn't do uh, – that, the reason I wasn't on that hunt with Shay is because he didn't get drawn in Kansas. And, uh, or at least where we normally hunt. And so he bought a leftover tag in a different part of the state. So we had to split up and my buddy, uh, my buddy Chancy, who I've known for, oh, probably seven years. Um, and, uh, we haven't really ever done a hunt together. And I mean, he's a really good big buck hunter. I mean, he's got a lot of experience and everything. And, and, uh, so I felt really confident going with him and, and he had drawn the tag. And, uh, so we paired up for that hunt and if i if I remember right i'm I'm almost positive it was the first day we uh we saw this big giant typical um and uh unfortunately he was on private with a doe mm-hmm. and uh probably a mile from public i think is what it was somewhere somewhere like that and and uh we knew right away it was like a one eighty maybe one ninety class typical five by five <laughs> oh, <geez>. and uh <laughs> Which is a which is a giant I mean Chansey said it and Chansey is you know, lives in southern Iowa, has been around big giant deer all his life and I knew right away like this is no joke, you know, like this right. deer is of that caliber and He's one of those I guys then, who doesn't
1: throw around the word monster buck very often. Yeah,
0: right Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like like sometimes you're like you, you think that's all he is, you know what I mean? Like right, he, right. he's not one to just throw numbers out there. So Dude, I knew he, right he was away, a like, monster
2: like, fork okay. buck.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, I, I brought it up to him because I'd hunted out there before. I said, you know, sometime, sometime while we're here, that buck's going to end up on that piece of public,
3: mm-hmm. which that
0: piece of public, um, is 160 acres of grass, real short grass, but Ooh. it's, it's, it's really difficult because by the time you see them on it, they're probably not going to be on it very long. And so it's a really hard piece to like, uh, by the time you see them and try to make a move, they're already off. it a lot of times, right, right. From from experience, there's nothing the to bad. really so, hold them there. You're right, exactly. I mean, there there really isn't. Um, and and also you got pheasant hunters, and almost every day that piece gets hit by pheasant hunters. Um, so uh, we knew it was a long shot, anyways. And then the, the next morning, right at sun sun up, I mean, it was still a little too dark to hardly see, but we we saw him. Diving back into that same private crick bottom and uh and then uh and then over the next what four or five days, something like that, we never seen well and we we saw a few other bucks and and we went after we we went after another like one fifty caliber, I think five days in uh we literally were in the vehicle for five days watching and and you know mm-hmm. scoping things out and waiting for our opportunity. Uh, it's really a miserable hunt that hunt is because it's so, (laughs) it's so frustrating because you will see not every day, you know, but most days you'll see a good shooter and it's uh, oftentimes it's on private and you're not, you can't do anything. I mean, we could go knock on some of these doors and we might get permission, but that's not, that's not what we're all, that's not what we're doing. Um, but, um, so anyways, it was a day five. Um, in fact, I do very little drinking during the season. (laughs) <laughs> and we were having such a rough hunt that it was Saturday night, and him and I decided let's go have a couple beers. Well, a couple beers led to a couple more, and and we were, you know, on the next day we weren't uh, quite uh, Johnny on the spot, I guess you'd say, right. but we not we, quite uh, ready
2: for the not ready to attack. Yeah, the we day. weren't <laughs> quite ready for it, but th-
0: thankfully it was about noon, and by the time we got out there and got some fresh air, I mean it felt pretty good, and we ended up we almost got this deer, but uh, so we we're. We were five days in on that, and um, and then we almost got that deer the next day and and didn't. Uh, and um, I think it was that night. It was that night, I think, I was glassing on the back edge of this public, and all of a sudden I see these giant, typical times through the grass moving.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, we had like a half-hour light left, and right away I just was like that is a giant we got to go like you know right, losing right. my mind like any and, and chancy right at that moment had spotted like a 150 off on the other side of the road and i was like forget about that deer this one's way bigger <laughs> i don't know what he is we gotta go you know and so we get out there and we get back there towards where we've seen him and he, he there's we don't he, he's nowhere to be found we saw quite a few deer and we saw that back where the line was on the private, a couple of hundred yards, we saw actually a few other bucks, a couple of nice bucks, uh-huh. one that we had been trying to catch on public, but never did. He was a really heavy deer, heavy weight, probably 145, 50 class deer. Um, but no sign of the giant. And, uh, so, um, there we go again with our tails tucked. Now this is, I think day seven. Man, and, you have uh, you have
1: a lot of motivation, or uh, you have you, yeah. you have to have some strive. But I guess it's easy when you're seeing yeah. a monster typical like this.
0: It, it, it helps. It definitely helps. Right. But, um <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the next morning then, and so where where I had seen this one was about three miles from where we had seen the big giant the first couple of days.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't know for sure if that was him because I didn't get a good enough look and all that. But, anyways, uh, the next day we. Uh, We're driving up this road and out there, this is a different kind of hunt. Um, that's, that's the one hunt where we literally do not leave the vehicle until we have a visual because it's that open. I mean, there's, there's like no trees, no brush. It's grass and short grass, and right. so you can pretty much look at the public, 160 acres of public, and be like, there's nothing out there, and you know, there could be like a little load, like water run cut or something that a, a buck could be in, but for the most part, you can see everything out there, so it's, it's pointless to even get out of the vehicle and to yeah. the bottom, and, and once you do get out of the vehicle, you can imagine trying to chase a mature deer and ground that open, I mean, you're going to be crawling in the dirt, and it's it's a lot of work. Um, right, right. So both a mentally green hunt and also a physical hunt. Yeah, yeah. and you you What's have
1: that? to have the You have to have the skills to even get in there and get you know take care of it too. Because you know there's a well, lot that's of guys. The
0: problem is most most of the time we don't have those skills. You know you you <laughs> see that most of the time we don't pull it off. <laughs>
1: well, well, yeah. I mean, you show you show the failures, which is you know people admire that. But the thing is, is, you're persistent enough to where you get after it. And I mean, you look at it this way: you you obviously got it done. And there's a lot of people out there who never would have got it done. I don't know if I would have been able to to be honest with you. And I just don't have that experience of stalking deer like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well I mean the thing about it is is I mean we've we've had those streaks where, you know, we've had you know, ten attempts without without getting one, you know, but right. we know that we know that that's just part of it. You're gonna have that and mm-hmm. and so you just you keep moving forward. And so, it's uh, it's
2: got to be even more heartbreaking because I I know i would seen in the in the brazen resilience uh, section, I you guys see some monster muleys, but you know yeah. it's not mule mule to you know. Well, don't get me wrong. If our take would
0: have been valid, we probably would have went to them. But we didn't some, have it for them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean there, there's some there's some slobbs, but it's like you know, it's got to be heartbreaking. You know, you're trying to get on this deer, and then you just see this world class mule deer come out and it's like yeah I could shoot this one but yeah it's I mean yeah it's like if you like, don't have a tag
1: it, it, I mean then you you can't do it.
2: Yeah, I know. It just goes with what Kurt says I mean, you know, it's it's that persistence that uh that'll end up paying yeah. off after a while.
0: Right. Well, and like that like that big one uh yeah, What, what kind of cut you when, off? I'm sorry. When, no, that's fine. No, that's that's totally what this is about. Um <laughs> Uh, we were driving up this road and, and it was probably an hour after sun up. And, uh, we had driven up this road three times all, already because even though it's super open out there, these deer cover, like, you know, in 10 minutes, they could be a mile away from where you last seen them. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? They just, exactly. they, they don't, a mile out there is nothing to these deer. Right. Like, seriously. They don't, a mile is like a jog. Like, I'm going to go for a little sprint and see what's over here. Yeah, that's a, that's a Cameron miles, jog. Mile that's clear. not a
2: Steve jog. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've learned, like, you know, just because something wasn't there 20 minutes ago doesn't mean something, you know, and it looks like there's not going to be anything there all day. It doesn't mean yeah. that necessarily. Now, the populations are pretty low, and most of the time there isn't going to be anything there, but you just don't know. Yeah. And uh, we were driving up this road for the third time that morning. And, uh, all of a sudden, like 200 yards off the road, there's this giant and, uh, he's got a doe and he was on private. He was about 700 yards from the public, that public piece that I had, I had talked about that was a mile from where we had originally seen him. Now he was on the other side kind of now. Um,
3: okay.
0: but, uh, you know, I, I right, right away, usually I don't hit the brakes. If, you know, if they're on public, you, you don't. In fact, you, you kind of speed up a little bit, you know.
3: Right, right. <laughs>
0: but but uh, he was on private, and I saw it was a big deer right away. I didn't realize it was him. I seen there was a big deer, so I came to a stop. I pulled up the binoculars, and I right away was like, all right, we got to move. Like, let's go up the road. Because he started running right away with the bill and I didn't want to freak him out. Uh-huh. And uh, so we went up the road about a mile where they couldn't see us, gave him a few minutes. Um, I came back down the road, and... They're about six hundred yards off the road now, and still about probably six seven hundred yards from the public. So they just went further back onto the private, kind of parallel in the public. If that makes sense,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which was which was actually perfect because it's like I said, it's so open out there. If if he would have ran to the public, it would have been game over. Like we needed them on that private to give up, for a while to give us time to get 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 in position, yeah. on, you know, near, near the line fence, which is what we did. We we drove up the road all the way to the other side of the public, which was 160 acres, so 160-acre um, piece. So it was almost a mile from them uh, where we parked. And then we, we went back in and hooked around, basically took the longest route that we could, and uh, got on a spot on the, you know, probably 15 yards from the fence line where there was kind of like this Like, it wasn't much of a water run, but it was just enough, and it had a little bit of taller weeds, probably three-foot weeds on the private side, and they were kind of on the end of it. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got there, they were probably about four or 500 yards from us. So they they were definitely kind of already kind of, like, moving towards the public a little bit. And uh, we didn't have much for cover, so this was a piece of walk-in out there. So it's privately owned, but the state leases it for public, you know, to open it up oh, for public okay. hunting. Okay. And so there was an old round bale there. It probably been out there 10 years. There wasn't much left of it, but we were able to kind of prop that up to create a little bit of concealment mm-hmm. uh, for us. And, and from the time we spotted them until they finally crossed, it was like eight hours and they <laughs> finally came across. And uh, the problem was is doe crossed about 50 yards out in front, which, you know, fifty yards isn't a big deal, except for I'm sitting there with a longbow.
3: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so and so uh she crossed about fifty yards out, and uh kind of did this ninety degree circle around us, staying about fifty yards out,
3: uh-huh. and
0: then started to kind of like turn to leave and she was she was pretty slow about it but but um, he was about fifty yards behind her. And he dropped into this little, like, there was a little, like, water run cut. I don't even know why he went in there. I mean, it was deep enough to hide him, but it was only a few feet wide. Like, yeah. I don't know why he would go. It would be like going into a trench, you know. I don't know why he'd do that, but he did.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And and right then I was like, okay, you know, I had brought the decoy with. I was like, he's not going to come close enough for me. Right now I need to, like, move. I need to get, like, 10 yards out there just so when he pops out, he sees this decoy and immediately, like, comes in to defend,
3: right. you know, his right. doe.
0: Well, I reached for the decoy, and like a rookie, I took my eyes off the dough And uh, cause she had been facing away looking away the whole time for a few minutes now, not paying – had no idea we were there.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And I caught her out of the corner of my eye. She snapped her head up. She picked me off.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, I mean,
0: I didn't hardly move. Like, I just reached my hand. That was it. Like, and, uh, <laughs> and so now she's got us, you know, like, tagged. You know, my buddy Chancey, he's in full sight. He's got the – this part of this round bale is a back backdrop, so it's not like he's silhouetted. But right, right. you know, he's got no cover in front of him. She can see me pretty easy, and uh, all of a sudden, he pops his head out of this trench, and right away is like, "What the heck's going on?" You know, and like ten seconds goes by, and all of a sudden, he just trots out of that trench, coming right towards us, and he starts grunting. And then I realized like, oh, he thinks there's another buck on the other side of this round bale that he can't see. I think he read it wrong. At least oh, that's what really? that's what I gathered out of it. So uh, the, yeah, t- t- just... typical
2: man not listening to the woman in his life. Yeah, we get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So so uh he's on he's on course and and um ends up you know, he kicks us off at about 15 15, 16 17 yards something like that he picks us off
3: Mm -hmm. and
0: uh and i didn't have a shot right then because i had built up a little clump of hay uh, you know right in front of me in case in case they got like passed or whatever it's kind of hard to explain but yeah but anyways i did have a shot but i would have had to like pop up over the top and then that would have sent him sprinting right away so i had to like wait and just as he was clearing it where i could get a shot he starts to take off trotting and that's when i drew and and shot and he was at like 15 yards. Well, I didn't make a great shot. I, I, uh, kind of overled him and I still would have been just a touch low anyways. But when his leg was coming up from trotting, the arrow, uh, hit his front front leg, um, and broke his front leg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, um, anyways, that, uh, I'll try and make a long story short, but we, uh, We almost got him. We had about an hour and a half, two hours of light left. He got on private ground. He ran out in front of this rancher's truck like a mile away. Rancher saw he had a broken leg. We happened to be right there when it happened because we had gotten out of the square to go find his track where he maybe crossed on the dirt road to try and figure out where he went and go get permission. Uh And uh, it it just so happened that this rancher was going in to check on his cattle and this buck ran right out in front of his truck and we were right there when it happened. And so... Without that, we never would have gotten permission. I'm pretty sure of it. And he talked to this neighbor that, you know, like the neighbor, the neighbor didn't doesn't let anybody on his land, pretty uh-huh. much. Period. But he was able to talk his neighbor into letting us go after his visual of the whole deal. And and so we almost got the buck later that night. And he had put on like two and a half miles by that point. But we ran out of light. And,
1: uh, oh man i can't imagine what line, you were yeah. feeling like at this
3: point
0: oh my god i thought well i thought it was over once he got onto private because i knew i had had a couple run-ins in the past or a run-in in the past with a couple of the landowners there which happened to be these same two and i knew it was just it was probably over but thankfully they were completely different from how it was before and uh And they were totally cool about it. So, um, anyways, uh, so we didn't get him that night. And then we, uh, the next morning we got permission to search the whole square again, where he went into and, um, he wasn't in there, which was kind of shocked me. Uh Um, but, uh, we spent the next, um, let's see, there was that day and then the second day and then the third day. Oh no, And then we we were on the fourth day. And it was about noon the fourth day, and it was actually our last day that we were planning to be there.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And um, there's a lot of details in the middle. I'll skip. But um, we uh, we had one crick bottom. The original crick bottom, we we were pretty sure this was the same deer had been in the first day that uh-huh. we we seen. You know, and, and we hadn't searched that yet. It looks pretty privatized. You know, there's a lot of private signs. We could see a ladder stand on the edge of the crick bottom when we glassed it, and so it just looked like a place that you wouldn't get permission. Plus it was, you know, like over three miles or something like that away from where we had last seen him. Uh huh. And so, and he would have had to backtrack like all the way back and beyond where I shot him. So it just kind of like, I don't know. It just, it was one of those spots where between the, uh, it looking like we wouldn't get permission and it being so far away and, and everything, uh, we, uh, we hadn't got to it yet, and uh, finally I tracked down who owned it and explained the whole thing and, to him. And he was a hunter; him and his wife both hunted, and they were cool about it. And they, I Did showed they him know pictures, you? but I, they didn't know me. No, um, and I, I showed them pictures on the phone, and I said, you know, I'm not here to hunt any other deer. This is the only one, you know, and I don't have blood. And and they were cool, and they said, you know, if you hit him, you should you should try and get him, you know. And right. I was like. <laughs> I was like, you know, when do you hear that ever? Yeah, you, know? you never yeah. do, really. And uh, so uh, I uh, went into that creek bottom, and about 150 yards in, I jumped him, and uh, oh, he came. Wow, he busted out about five yards from me, and and uh, he made it about two more miles before I jumped him. I think four times, and he made it about two. Yeah, it was two miles. He made it before I could get ahead of him and uh, get in a spot where. When he came through, I uh, could get a shot, and uh, so um, yeah, and he came through it, and he was, you know, on on edge. He was trotting. I had one lane, and and uh, I guess I got lucky, and the arrow landed right. So
1: man, that With a is an adventure. Leg. That's an adventure. That's I can't like, imagine the the emotional roller coaster he went through in that span. I would be freaking out the whole time. Everything is literally
2: hanging by uh he could be right here. Every right. single minute. Man, that's uh, that's that's yeah. that's rough.
0: And I mean I mean up to that fourth day, I mean we were searching stuff that was two and a half. Uh the furthest spot we had searched to that point was three miles out. Um mm-hmm. You know, and I did Google Earth, you know, I mapped, you know, afterwards, I checked, you know, and it was that far. I mean, we were, we were, uh, we were covering ground, but I mean, we had walked so much. And it's just like, you know, we, like I said, we never had blood the whole time, but it was just like, okay, all we need to do is find this deer, get him on his feet, you know, and, and we, if we got enough daylight, we should be able to figure out a way to, you know, sneak in on them or, or get ahead of them or something. So, so how,
1: how bi- big is the deer actually, can you say?
0: Um, official, well, I shouldn't say officially because I'm not going to put him in the books, but I did have an official score score him. Um, well, I'll probably put him in the books down the road a ways, but uh, that would, if I did right now, everybody would know, and I, I want to keep that secret. So.
3: Right, right. Um, yeah, no, yeah, we get
0: it. But he uh, scored 197 and
1: eight. <laughs> wow, as a typical.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and he didn't have that great of main beams, and his mass was kind of average. But he had times. His uh, longest time was sixteen and three eighths. Wow. Oh, and uh, yeah, so um, that's that's what uh, that his is insane. It.
1: That is. I know it is. That's it really is. insane. I'm, a,
0: I'm uh, an am an official measurer too. I mean, tall, but when you walk up when we walked up to him, we, you know, he really didn't have that big a body, so we expected, you know, some ground shrinkage in there, but right. it was actually the opposite, which is pretty rare on a deer that doesn't isn't really that big a body. Well, so.
1: I'm an official measured. I've measured a lot of deer and I don't know if I've ever measured a deer that had 16-inch G2s. I've measured deer that have close, you know, in the 14s and 15s, but to get a deer that has over Thirteen-inch G2s is insane. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and both both G3s were exactly twelve and seven eighths. Wow. And the uh, G4 was nine and seven eighths on the one side, and the other one was seven. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean he's just crazy crazy tall, and it was really amazing that he didn't snap anything off. Yeah. Know? Oh, damn. Out well, in Kansas, a lot of times these bucks get pretty busted up by that time of the year because that was uh. Well, it was the the 18th when I put the initial shot on them. Usually by then, you know, quite a few of the bucks are busted, you know?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that deer, I've measured a couple deer that go in, like, mid-170s as, like, a typical 10. And you can grab the top of, like, the G2 and the G3, and it just flexes. And you're like, how did you not break these? I don't know. You can probably do that with your deer.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so, that is yeah. a story, and I'm sure an experience of a lifetime. And to do it with traditional equipment, you, my friend, are a stud.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I got. Like I said, I got, I got, I really did get lucky. <laughs> well,
1: when we well, we talked to you at the Iowa uh, Classic, wow.
0: and that's the thing. That's the thing about it is so many things had to go right that were out of our control, like this buck running out in front of this ranch's truck, and right. and there's a lot of other details in there that were out of our control. So at the end of the day there's still a part of me that, you know, feels, you know, unfulfilled or unsatisfied and, and which is actually kind of good. Cause it, you know, I mean, it's humbling, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. you, you know, that without that it, it was over, you know?
3: Right. Right. So,
2: well, I remember- Kurt, Kurt was onto something and I, and I, I wanted to lead into it. I was going to say, speaking of experiences, I heard you had a great experience meeting two uh, handsome young gentlemen at the Iowa deer classic. Yeah, <laughs> do, do do you remember that experience?
0: I do, I do remember that. Was, yeah. it, was <laughs> it
2: was it better than killing that big deer? What's that? Was it better than killing that big deer?
0: Do you, do you, would you be offended
1: if I
2: lied? <laughs> I, I would, actually, so be careful how you an
1: answer. Steve made that too weird for some reason, but I'm what I was getting at when we talked to you at the, at, the, at your booth, which, by the way, it's hard to get in to talk to you at your booth, Ew. man. you got a crowd Bert. out there all the time, but uh, you showed us kind of screenshots of that buck as he was walking in on you, and oh. I, I could not believe it. it yeah. It's just, I can't wait for the D V D to come yeah, out. I can't wait to watch it.
0: Yeah, I mean it couldn't have, it couldn't it couldn't have been filmed any better. Chancey was running the camera and I mean he did an awesome job. I mean it it uh, it turned out better than I ever would have imagined and I'm I'm really ticky in particular guys. <laughs> So, right. So when I saw when I when I saw the footage I was just like, Are you kidding me? Like you nailed it. So
2: Chancey got um, Homie of the Year award right there.
0: Right, right, right. Free yeah, England. I, I mean, if we do d- DVDs, he's not gonna get the Golden Moose Award, but he would get a Golden Moose Award if it was on T V Right, right. <laughs> Which is kind
1: of a cool thing that you can say that. You yeah. know, you're doing this you're you're shooting this caliber of a whitetail with traditional equipment and you're just you're just selling DVDs and merchandise, which is right. it's it's cool.
2: Which is, speaking yeah. of speaking of merch, um, you do have some of the coolest merch that's out there. Only Trump by I can only think of one other guy, right yep. now, uh, John Dudley. The well, stuff you can say it's out,
1: better, but you can say I'm they, not saying they put no. I'm not saying,
2: you know what I mean. I'm not saying like the, this no, guy is cool stuff. It's but nice like,
0: stuff. In fact, in fact, years ago when I was 16, John Dudley gave me a tour at the Matthews plant. Really. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't made contact, I haven't seen him since, but, uh, he doesn't even know this, but 20 minutes later, I rolled the car. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um... Well, he was bad but, luck. yeah, I, I just haven't <laughs> ran into him. But, no, he's not bad luck.
1: <laughs> no, we had, we just had him on the show probably five episodes ago, so he was he was a really good guy. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, like, really, like, I, I need to, need to get a uh, white tail Adrenaline hat, um... I'm i I'm I'm always hoping, like I'm always optimistic that the, the whitetail adrenaline fishnet shirt will be available soon. <laughs> I'm I'm always hoping. You'll have to talk to Shay about that. <laughs> is it is that Shay's deal?
0: That's that's Shay's invention. Yeah.
2: Is that one shirt that you guys just switch, or do you
0: like both no, of you guys ever? No, he he made two of them. Okay.
2: All well, right. I like that you guys show <laughs>
1: you like you like. You guys show your going to Goodwill and getting stuff to mix it up to blend Uh in and whatever surrounding you're hunting in. It's just it's pretty cool.
0: Well, I mean, and the the thing of it is, is you know, um, it doesn't really make that big of a difference in my opinion. In most cases, what it comes down to when you're hunting whitetails on the ground most of the time is uh, your movement. Right. You you can have the you can have the best camouflage in the world, but if they're looking at you, you, you still most of the time can't move. I mean, um, so, uh, and on the flip side, you can have stuff that is not that great of looking or whatever. doesn't blend in the best. And if you don't move it, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, your movement is, is huge. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we can get something somewhat, you know, something that's going to kind of somewhat blend in or break up our outline. I think, You know, most white sails, they they detect you as a human by your outline more than anything, and uh, especially like like your head-shoulders outline, which when you're, like, hunting with a longbow, that's one nice thing is you can crouch low to the ground and drop your head, and sometimes they have a really hard time, like, okay, I think you might be a human, but it might buy you the time that you need in order to to pull Mm -hmm. it off. You know, And and that velvet deer in Wyoming, that's a prime example right there. I don't think I'd ever got that deer with a compound, just the way it unfolded and everything. And what you couldn't see from the video footage just because we were kind of caught off guard was, you know, just how low to the ground we had to be and, and, and everything. I, I literally was sitting on my butt with my both legs straight out in front of me leaning back because the grass was so short right there. And we were kind of on the crest of this little knoll. And right when he stopped to spot us and, and picked us off, I just leaned up and shot at the same time. And if I would have had to been upright, like with a compound, he would have picked me off while he was trotting in. No problem.
3: Yeah, for it would sure. Have been
0: pretty easy. So when I mean, when,
1: when can we but, expect the DVDs to come out?
0: Hopefully August.
1: August. Okay. August. Okay. okay. Just in time to get you fired up for season.
2: Yeah. In, yeah. in the meantime, uh, it, every every DVD you put out is still on the uh, on the website. Correct. Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, Which is
1: whiterenaline dot com like, yeah. or
2: you got it. Okay. Seriously yeah. guys, go go check out these DVDs. Are are you gonna do any uh any streaming um things are you, you on iTunes
0: yet? No, no, I, I haven't went that direction yet. Probably sometime in the next couple of years we'll sure. probably offer offer that, but uh but not at this at this time we don't have anything except DVDs, state of the art, nineteen nineties, right? Good nineties, guys Um, uh, obviously you guys know this but a lot of people you know they might wonder why we do dvds and the reason we do is because we don't do any sponsorships you know we never have and not to say that we won't ever but but the only way to fund it fund the whole production is through actually selling the content which keeps it you know no commercials no advertisements and a lot of people do like that so that's why right that's dvds you know what's um
1: you're kind of the king of the underground
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that,
1: but <laughs> like King of the like, you know, you're not you're 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 popular enough. You're if anyone that hunts, you're a household name. Like White-tailed Journal Adrenaline DVDs, I got yeah, them, I but absolutely. you're not on like Outdoor Channel or Sportsman's Channel. So I I just I don't know. I call it the underground. Like you're kind of sure. you know what I mean. It's kind of yeah. like the, yeah, uh, you people listen to country music radio but you knew Chris Stapleton when he was in Steel Drivers, and you knew he was the shit before he was actually <laughs> That's right. Hey,
2: me and Kirk had uh, done that. <laughs> That's half the reason why this podcast took off. But wh- what I want to say about, like, when you're watching the Whitetail Adrenaline um, DVD, it- it's this weird feeling of, and you guys know how how these YouTube and commercials work. It's like you're in the middle of watching something, and it's like, oh, here comes that book, and then all of a sudden it's like four screenshots of the book, and it's like, purchase this. you know. Uh, but the whole time, it just seems like it's about ready to cut to commercial, and you're like, I wish I could pay for the premium, but this is the premium.
1: I kind of lost <clears throat> you in all that, I'll be honest. And I but... <laughs> well,
2: you were looking at something else. But it just seems like you get something that you... Like, obviously, you paid for it, but it's, like, you have to be a member of. or You, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you're getting the sure. HD quality, and...
1: Steve's trying to compare you to his uPorn account.
3: That's I just what he's trying to have, do, right? I
2: do not have a porn <laughs> account, okay? I keep it classy, Pornhub. Um, no, I'm just, I'm we didn't know kidding. where you were going with that, but... But, yeah, uh, no, it's, it, like, every time you watch watch the uh, the videos, it just, it's, like... I can't believe I'm about to see this. It, it, it I, I don't know. To me, it just feels like
1: it's real and raw. Like yeah, it's
2: really. real and raw. It's like, oh man, like what's next? Where's the ad at? Yeah, it's just it's super cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Sure. That, that's my feeling. You guys don't have to subscribe to what I'm saying, but
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you drop the DVD in and you hit play, and then you sit there, right? Yeah, <laughs>
2: for, th- for three All hours. Right. That's how you All do right. it.
1: But hey, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on for round two. Absolutely. Um you know, a lot of our listeners are from the first episode that you did, and that's one of our most popular episodes still to this cool. day. So, um, the following you have is is it's definitely uh, you got some loyal fans for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely. I'm very very blessed with that. It uh, it's been a been a long long road, so. <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, I mean, it's, oh, it, hopefully the AA. Hey, hey, hopefully they don't leave me now. <laughs> I, th- I think you're... I wouldn't even know what to do. because <laughs> <Well, laughs> when I stop and think about like everything that went into it, you know, I mean, most people don't know that the first five years of the business, you know, I didn't have a driver's license. I went to all these shows by myself back then and, and drove there without a license and all that and and uh, you know, I mean, you, you you know, I think about all the steps and everything that. Has went into it, and it's like, you know, just it's like, would I ever do it again? To that degree, no, yep, I, I wouldn't. Right. But am I glad I did? Yeah, yeah, just once though. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, well,
1: w- one thing that I think we need to do is we'll uh, we'll mail you a couple working class hunter stickers so you can put them on the baby get on board van. <laughs>
2: See, yeah, no, there, there they, we go. The number one mom or whatever they put on there.
0: Oh, that, yeah, that is yeah. classic. Um, and yeah, I think that's what Shea wrote on there, number one mom or something. I, yeah, it was
2: like it was like number one soccer mom or something. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. But that, yeah, the, you know what? I, I was just thinking that'd be like super funny to put like the stick figure family on there, and just make it mm-hmm. look like a straight mommy missile, and then you're parked yeah. on public, hunting. So people are either coming up there like. All right, either this mom is super awesome or the husband had to borrow the vehicle. Right. You know what I mean? They're not thinking. I think most
0: of the time it looks like the husband borrowed the vehicle. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. I mean, with as with, with much dust that's usually caked on the thing with with mud and everything, that, that most people probably look at it and be like, man, their wife is going to be pissed. Oh, you <laughs>
3: know, <laughs> but,
2: but before we get out here, of here, I got to, we got to send you a picture that one of our listeners sent in. They killed this deer, and they strapped it to, I think it's a, it's probably a Mercury Sable. Yeah, um, it looks like. Okay. It's super cool, man. And they they must use, like, Menard's, like, tie wrap or whatever, you know, as soon as you get all that plywood or whatever. We'll we'll, yep. we'll send you a picture of that. You'll you'll probably appreciate it.
1: Yeah, send me one. But yeah, That's thanks again. Uh, we appreciate it, you and bet. Uh, best of luck to you with everything. We'll keep in contact, yeah, thank and you uh, guys. we'll get back together. Stick right after the episode. But thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know what to do.
2: Go shoot your longbow.
1: That's right. Go shoot your bow. Bye.